Welcome to the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission here is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Today is going to be an exciting episode. We have uh, a suggested guest, Daniel Gills from Asa Abloy, contacted us and said, hey, I want you to meet my friend, Zach Williams. He is doing some awesome things and really teaching folks how to communicate with their customers better and understand how to uh, find those relevant topics that are important to your customers and so he com- he uh, suggested that we chat with Zach Williams. So today's guest is going to be Zach Williams from Vinvio. Uh, he's doing an amazing job up in Blacksburg, Virginia, uh, helping to educate businesses like us in the building materials space on how to communicate to your customers better. Valuable, very valuable information that he'll share with us today. It'll make you think. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for the conversation. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Oh yeah! All right, welcome back, Zach. Uh, what, one of the things that we do, a recurring segment on the podcast, is rapid fire: five randomly selected questions with unknown point values, just to get to know you a little better. Okay, you ready? Let's do it. Number one, if you could only listen to one song for the rest of your life, what song would it be? Oh my gosh. <laughs> How much time do I have to think? I mean, it's got to be quick. It's, it's just rapid fire. So take your time. Um, the, the, the first, the first song that came to my mind was, uh, oh gosh, this is so embarrassing. Uh, Whitney Houston. Um, what's that one song? Um, oh my gosh. I don't even know the name of it. I will I always Google love it. you. No, 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 no. Oh. It's, uh, it's not Houston. Um, when a hero comes along. Oh, it's like, she's I, like dancing with like balloons and, and like confetti in the background. I, oh my gosh. One, I have no idea. I have no idea. The, Whitney Houston, to, the balloon confetti song from Whitney oh, it's, Houston. Uh, how, how will I know? How will I know? Is the name of the song. Very, all right. There you go. Yeah. That is, that is a very, I would have like very random. You know, it's so random. I'm not even a huge Whitney Houston fan. We just did a, uh, like a, like a lip sync thing. A lip sync okay. battle. Yeah. And that's exactly why I thought of it. That's the only reason because I just had that song in my head. It would actually be a horrible song to listen to the rest of my life, but I guess it was the first thing that kept <laughs> in my mind, right? <laughs> that's what she shows. That's what she does. All right. Question number two. What gets you excited about life? Oh man. Well, I've got I've got a wife and four kids. So I love spending time with them. You know, and honestly, you know, being a business owner, I love the people I work with. Okay. I just love it. And so being able to create, build, and spend time with awesome people. Like that's what gets me up every day. There you go. Just kind of that community, that team, that what what you're able to accomplish on a daily basis. All right. Find your people, find your purpose. That's right. That's right. Number three, which activities make you lose track of time? Okay. I'm I'm such a dork here. So my background is design. Okay. I will look at like fonts and design and artwork just like in my spare time. Like I don't even, when I buy my wife like a card, I don't even really look at what the card says. I, I look at like, what does the typography look like? Yes. Like this is how, like this typography is how I feel about you. Mm. You know? No Comic so, Sans on those cards. Oh gosh. Comic Sans is like a backhanded compliment. Like if you give to somebody, they don't really know how you really feel, which is that you really don't like them. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, number, f- the, 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 it's, we're enjoying that. Number four. Tell us one thing that you've learned recently that inspires you. Oh, man. 
I'm learning. Well, so my kids are between they're newborn and eight, right? All right. So, um, so I've got a newborn, a four-year-old, a six-year-old, and eight-year-old. So I don't really sleep a lot. Sure. And I'm just, I am learning so much about how, like the difference between boys and girls, like how they like receive love. Like my daughter, like I come home, like yesterday, she comes to the door. She's like running, like arms open. She's so excited to give me a hug. And my son comes in and he just starts like wailing on me, like hitting me. He's like, I'm so glad you're home. And I'm like, we need to have a conversation about what love means. (laughs) (laughs) So I I don't know if that answers your question, but it's for me, I'm just really interested to see how they, like how I can relate to them, like at their level. You know, uh, it's very true. I think that, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I've got a, uh, a 11 year old, almost 12 year old girl and a three year old little boy. And it is mm-hmm. just a, a drastic difference between how they both operate. Um, it's that's that is something very interesting that is very telling because, you know, especially when you only have one before and mm-hmm. that's the only thing that you've ever been exposed to. And then you've got a little monster that comes along. It's that's that's wild. Does he, does he like to rumble? Does he like to rumble? Oh, I mean, it, he, yeah. he likes to destroy everything. That's pretty much his uh-huh. his mo with with uh, everything. If if he has something in his hand, he has very good aim, and he likes to throw it. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's fun. Boys are boys are very interesting uh, at that age. All right, number five. What's the best knock knock joke that you know? You've got to have a good dad joke if you've got four kids. Uh, yeah. Uh, gosh, is this PC? Yes. I'll give you two. I'll give you two. Okay. I'll give you the first one. I'll give you is my, one. My daughter actually came up with. She's six. Okay. So knock, knock. Who's there? Who? 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 Why do you sound like an owl? <laughs> Solid. Six year old, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Okay. Okay. You want, you want another quick one? I'll give you another one. All right. Knock, knock. Who's there? I ate mop. I ate mop who? <laughs> Why'd you eat your poo? <laughs> Very good. Right, that was great. So you can say, yeah, that was good, right? And we got a two for one. So that's that's incredible. All right. You finished up. Thank you for playing along. Uh, rapid fire mm-hmm. score of 912. So it's not too shabby. Not mm-hmm. All right, Zach, let's get into the conversation um, about kind of what we're here for today. It's been very interesting. We've just been chatting for the past few minutes um, b- before we started the uh, the actual podcast. And it's very, it's very interesting the perspective that that you have on uh, on creating, I guess, conversation and, and dialogue with a, cu- a customer. So, I guess let's let's kind of jump in uh, and tell a little bit about maybe just like your the company and what what it's about, and then we can kind of dive in and ask some questions about how that actually applies to whatever organization that you're a part of. Yeah, so I own a digital marketing agency that focuses specifically on the building products or building materials industry, which is super super niche. And most people don't know what that means when you, when you say building materials, they're like what in the world does that even mean? And what I tell people is like, if you go, go to Lowe's or Home Depot and you walk down an aisle, there's a pretty high likelihood that we have a client in each aisle. So it's, it's very, very niche. Uh, we've got a team of about 30, 35 people on our team. We're headquartered out of Blacksburg, Virginia, okay. which is like a small college town right north of Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, near Richmond, Roanoke area. And we really focus in on how can we help our clients be more effective at their online marketing by communicating and delivering value online in a way that their competition and others are not. So it's interesting in that aspect, and this is kind of the conversation that we were having, 
especially in our industry, in our line of work, um, there's a lot of industry terms that we use. There's a lot of terminology that we'll use in our organization, even peer-to-peer or from our, our, our company to the vendors that we use that is a totally foreign language to our customer base. And you know, I, I, the, the best example that I've given of this in a long period of time is uh, we install a product called Access Control. That's our industry terminology for it. And if I say that to you, you may not know what it means, or you may because you had no building materials. But at the end of the day, you can have a whole conversation with somebody utilizing the term access control, and they have no idea what you're talking about. And we learned- It sounds, that, like, a, it sounds like a NASA launch pad. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we learned, access control. <laughs> we, exactly. And we learned uh-huh. that if you just change that term to key card access, key card mm. is something that uh, resonates with, with our consumer. So in that mindset, is that what you're talking about when you're saying you try to, to make those things more relatable to the customer? That, that's part of it. I mean, part of it is understanding and using their language. Like sometimes we overcomplicate things. Like if we're in a business, we're almost are so close. We don't really understand what our, our end customer really deals with or the problems that they struggle with. That's part of it. The other part of it is understanding like what are the friction points and real pain points that people deal with. So for example, if I'm helping a manufacturer and they're targeting, let's say they're targeting a, a contractor yep. or an architect. And I'm like, Hey, what are the things that keep them up at night? Like those people. And they're like, um, like how to install my product. I was like, Nope, they don't think about that at all. They actually don't care about you at all. What they care about is how is their business going to make money tomorrow? Sure. Yeah. How are they going to build a reputation? What's going to set them apart from their competition? Those are the things that keep them up at night. And if we can move past our product offering and, and I mean, it's what, it's what you're doing here, Chad. It's like, how do I, how do I really speak to my audience's true issues and build relationship with them there so that when it comes time to actually purchase a product or service that I offer, I'm the clear de facto choice because they trust me because I get them on a deeper emotional level. Right? Yeah. So, so a, maybe a better example of that would be, uh, that as a as a business entity that you're creating value adds for your potential customer that may be directly or indirectly related to the products and services that you offer, but it's more uh, of a priority to that particular customer, their business needs. So, you know, how is this product? I don't care about the the features and all of those things that happen along. How is this actually going to affect? my specific business and make it better for either my employees or my customers at the end of the day. Exactly. Right. I mean, if I can turn the question on you, Chad, like when you go into a business and you're saying, Hey, um, you know what, let's talk about your security problems. You're not saying how many locks do you want? Sure. Yeah. You're, you're, you're probably, you're probably, and forgive me, you can inter- interrupt me here, but like, you're probably saying, Hey, talk to me about your security concerns. Yeah. So you're bringing solutions to that problem. Yeah, you know? it's more it's more of a conversation to say, um, what are the things that you're struggling with? Okay, you're struggling with issuing keys out to new employees, or you're struggling with uh, validating um, facility security means by you know you're you're trying to see who's coming in the parking lot at night, those types of things. So that is, well, hey, we've got an issue with people running into our gate, like that's a that's a pain point for a for a business because they have to fix that gate every other week. How can we stop that from happening or how can we get visibility on seeing what that is? That's the pain point that the customer's having. And we have product, a variety of products and services that are going to solve that, but it's, it's, they're not coming to, they're not coming to our website going, I need a system to uh, find out who ran into my gate. You know, that's, that's not something that they're going to search for. 
totally true. That's ex- exactly right. And the, the other thing we try to do is, is think about what are the friction points in the buying process or in the research process. You know, so much of our decision making today really focuses on, well, it's ease, it's it's transparency, it's those things. It's like it's exactly why Amazon's winning. Yeah. Amazon's yeah. winning because of convenience, speed, and and transparency, right? And for some reason, most businesses really try to stay away from that. Like we have a podcast too, and I actually interviewed a guy recently. He's like, Oh, we're super transparent with how our product gets installed and how how it's done incorrectly. Cause we don't want the end user to know. They want, we want them to know when it's done right and when it's done wrong. Yeah. And so many people are afraid of that. And it's like, if you can go past that point of fear and really embrace the areas where other people are not willing to go, you'll be surprised at how much more willing people are going to trust you. Oh, I, that is, I mean, that's a whole another 45 minute conversation right there for, for finding, creating that or cultivating that trust with your consumer base. And I think you, you, you make a, a tremendous point with a company like Amazon. When and I, I had this conversation literally with somebody the other day. It blows my mind. When you go on Amazon, they you don't have to wait until you get to the checkout screen or you've paid for the product to know when it's going to get there. You see that, that crazy? as part of the selection process, and it transforms how we all see things. Because so so if we take that. And we put that into our, our customer's shoes when they're doing business with us. Do they know when the deliverable is going to be before they even make the decision to purchase? Or are they waiting for that after the fact? And I mean, as a service industry, as a service business, that's a difficult thing to wrap your head around. That's a difficult thing to deliver on. But it's it's the new normal that companies like Amazon are are bringing to the consumer table. And I mean, there's there's a lot to be said about it. I mean, I, I, like, I love what you're saying there, Chad, because... The reality is, whether we know it or not, you and I and every single one of our prospects and every single one of our prospects listeners is subconsciously comparing us to Amazon. Yeah. Or they're subconsciously, they are. They're like, oh, well, Amazon's easy. Why aren't you easy? Like our, the expectation on the part of the consumer is like through the roof. Yeah. Like I, I talked to somebody recently where we do a lot of like usability testing and conversion optimization as a part of what we do. And I was talking to a business owner like who's like the target audience, the target market for one of our clients. And I was like, hey, if you're looking for this product, talk me through your decision-making. He's like, well, I go to Google and I search for a product and I click on the first website. And if they don't have a chat or a search bar, I leave and I go to the next website. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's go through that. If I can't be found online and I don't have a super easy way to get information without talking to a human being, I'm yep. gone. Yep, yep. And this guy's not 20s. He's in his 60s. Yeah. And so I, I, my, it wasn't like my mind was blown, but I was like, you're validating the point that like, we've got to make communicating and working with our businesses so much easier if we want to continue to to stay relevant. Uh, I, I'll give you one on that. Um, I, was, I was doing some, uh, I'm trying to think how to bring the, the story around the context. Uh, we were doing some traveling recently. And it's part of one of the things that I like to do when I travel because I'm a, I'm a nerd when it comes to businesses. I like to visit other businesses that are, are similar to ours in other markets. And I was, I was looking through a listing of these businesses and looking at their websites. And I was going, well, you know, at the end of the day, I could not get a good feel. When, when I walked into the door of the business, I got a completely different feeling than what I saw on their website. So their website was not a good representation of what you're actually, and it, it felt 
Um, it felt a little, the website felt a little closed off. It didn't feel like it was transparent. You didn't know if it was one person or a hundred people. You didn't know exactly what they did or what they sold based off of what their, their website brought to the table. So I think there's a lot of validity in that is, you know, people, people are looking for that ease of connection. Um, we've seen on our website, just to kind of prove your point there, uh, the, the chat functionality, not only on our website is definitely increasing, but now Google uh, through their business listings, has the chat functionality that goes directly to the Google business page. And so there's there's now an increase in people connecting through that level as well. They're, ne- they're not even leaving the Google search to have that conversation with you. Oh, isn't it, isn't it wild? Like there's another 45 minute segment. It's like, what in the world is Google trying to do? Like if you look at, I, I have a, I can send this to you, Chad, if you want me to, but if you look at Google search rankings, like, you know, four, four or five years ago, like 2015. Yeah. Like the first, the first search ranking was like 200, 250 pixels far down the screen. Yep. And now it's like 600 plus pixels down the screen. Yeah. It's almost tripled. And, and uh, it's at least double. It's almost tripled in, in size. And that's because they're trying to own the customer as much as possible. Like they want to keep that experience there. Yeah, that you know? they, they want they want to uh, yeah that uh, but it's all part of it because they're it's their customer as well right because they're get, yeah. there's a definite benefit for them to have that so we don't want you to leave our website uh, just the, just the same um, they, don't, they don't want you to. It, so going back to the ease of doing business all right I, I just want to just want to touch on that one one more thing I was just pulling up this this uh, this message uh, one of our team members a couple of weeks ago, sent me a picture of a, uh, of a flatbed truck. We were doing some projects and it required a lot of, a lot of material. He sent me a picture of a flatbed truck at one Oh seven PM. And he said, I need to get this. And I responded, can I get it on Amazon as a, as kind of a joke? Mm -hmm. Five minutes later, he sent me a listing of a, of a truck on Amazon. It was a die cast truck, a little, a little model thing. Two minutes later, I had ordered it. And then two days later it was here and I set it on his desk. So, just the ease of use. There was not a lot of thinking and processing. It went from a joke in a conversation to literal physical in hand within a, a very short amount of time because they're, they're, it's easy to do business with them. Now, if I would have, if he would have sent me that listing and I would have had to go in there and fill out a whole long form, wait on an answer, wait on a time, wait on a price and all that stuff, the likelihood of that transaction happening, it, it was done. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's just trying to Very think true. through that process of your 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 entire theory of making it kind of removing all those obstacles is really interesting. Yeah, I I always ask our team, and you know, when we're thinking about a client. I'm like, what can we challenge this client to do that no one else is willing to do? Because the things that you're willing to do that no one else is willing to do is what's going to separate you. Like yeah. when Amazon, we take it for granted, like two day shipping. Like that used to be like their motto. It was like two days, like that was their, like their big, you know, their BHAG, if you will. Yeah. It was like two days or like snooze, two day shipping, you know? And and now, the, and now the same day delivery in some markets, right? So oh, obviously, yeah. obviously this isn't a, a podcast about Amazon, but it's in, in, interesting that the, the initiatives that they're pushing out change, change the economic scene as a whole, because it now requires other service providers and other people to think differently and how they're going to actually bring those things into fruition. Mm-hmm. So with that, all right, so you're, you're trying to help uh, bring people's awareness to uh, the conversations that they're having with their customers, maybe twisting it more or turning it more from the features and benefits to how we can actually solve these problems. What are your, what are your uh, kind of success stories along those lines that say, hey, this is how we have helped people to really think 
this is the way that they were operating, and this is how we help to kind of convert their thought process over to a more beneficial way. Well, I think, you know, when we look at most, most time when people reach out to us, they know that they, they need to be more effective in their online marketing, or they need to be more effective in their digital. But what we tend to see is like, there's so many things out there you could be doing. Yeah. Like you could be podcasting, be creating content, you could be doing video, you could be doing social media, but like, what are the things that actually move the needle? Like there are a lot of our clients have true business need. Like I've got to move leads or I've got to, you know, meet this KPI but they know they need to be making digital a much bigger role. And so if you ask me the question, like, what are some examples or, or case studies? Let me, I, I think it really comes down to what is it that is working today? Like you're always trying to stay ahead of technology. So for example, um, you know, if, if you're, if you're in the, the pro remodeler or contractor space, w- one thing we see that's working really well right now is, is you got to look at like what the platforms are trying to achieve. So we mentioned Google a minute ago. Google, do you use um, Google Verified at all? Have you ever tried that? Uh, I don't, it doesn't sound familiar, so I'm going to say no. There's like a Google Verified service provider. It's like, it's it's in some markets, some some different types of um, industries. So for example, like roofing. Okay. They will literally, Google will literally provide a lead to that roofing contractor directly from Google. There's literally no pass through to the website. Gotcha. The same, same goes with, yeah, have you ever tried uh, Google? Um, it's called uh, call only ads. Have you ever tried that out? Call this only, is just a couple no. of, no, yeah. nope. it, it, like right now, this is probably the highest performing ad we see for like low, like locale specific pros or modelers, contractors. Okay. And I'm just using that as an example for you guys. Sure. The, the, the reason being is if you look at what Google's trying to do, and this is, this is true for Facebook, this is true for Amazon. They want to own that customer as much as possible. Yeah. And so what they're what they're doing is they're they're rewarding almost the advertiser, someone like yourself, to use tools that keep people on their platform. So call only, it's literally on mobile. If I search for, let's say, roofing again, I search for roofing contractor in and what what city located, Chad? Charlotte. Charlotte. So roofing contractor Charlotte. You're gonna see some ads most likely there where I can just click a button and boom, it calls that one contractor. Yep. I'm not going to the website. It's super fast, super easy. The same goes for those those other uh, Google Verified. So I'm just using that as an example to say there's a bunch of different techniques, but if you're smart, you're looking at where's the platform trying to go long term, and that's most likely where you'll see the most ROI out of it, like currently right now. So I, okay, so if I'm tracking with you, um, so my, my question: Am I going way too deep? <laughs> no, I, I I think it's very valuable because it, it's the it's it's the Google uh, platform, or maybe it's Facebook, or maybe it's Instagram, or whatever whatever that platform is. If from a social standpoint, is once you get in there, Facebook has done a good job with this here recently, where they they are doing they really want to own the video segment. So they're mm-hmm. trying to, it seems like they're trying to compete almost against YouTube. They, uh, they're doing a really good job with having the connectivity in there. So messaging, having that chat feature, but also they have implemented here within, I don't know what the time frame is, but within the last year, it seems like they've implemented hiring so that you can do job postings more organically inside there, as well as, uh, products and service listings in your Google business or in, so you're, sorry, in your Facebook business page. So you're again, in that same sense, they're trying to own that, that consumer experience. So the consumer finds you through that platform and they never leave that platform. They don't want you to exit and go to your website. They want to stay there. So 
And it's and it's almost like you can't necessarily fight that. That's not something you fight against. So you have to figure out ways to integrate with that and make it more of a, a consumer experience. Oh, you're absolutely right. Like if I use Facebook as an example, one thing we always do if we're doing a Facebook ad campaign is we almost always start, and this isn't always the case, but we'll always try to start with some sort of like warming video, like a, a video that warms up an audience. Okay. Because if, I, if I'm trying to get somebody to my website, the cost per click is only increasing sure. on Facebook. But if I get somebody to watch a video and stay on Facebook, they're going to charge me like literally like pennies on the dollar in comparison. Correct. So it's three to five cents per view of a video versus three to $5 per click, if not more you know, for a traditional ad that takes you to a website. So if I can get people to view an ad or view a video, I warm them up, I educate them about my product or my service. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I show them another ad that gets them to my site. The likelihood that they're going to convert is exponentially increased. And my cost per acquisition, the CPA, or the amount it costs me to actually acquire a customer decreases. Yes. So you're absolutely right. I'm I'm giving you a long-winded answer, but you're absolutely right on that. The the other thing, and I'd be really curious to get your opinion on this, Chad, the area where we're seeing a lot of return, especially B2B, is LinkedIn. I mean, it's funny, like LinkedIn, the organic reach, like, do you, you post videos on LinkedIn? I've been known to do so, yes. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not as aware, but like, no, what's, your, what's your organic like what's the average video you get? Like how many views does that get? Um, it, it depends on what kind of circles it falls in, but it, it is significantly higher multiplier of five or 10 over a Facebook video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the reason for that is because people like me haven't ruined it yet. Like marketers haven't ruined <laughs> LinkedIn yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's starting to get there, but yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it is that, that is the specific connectivity because that that platform has developed and grown and gotten better over time. And they're, they're starting to make it more of a business social. It used to be just a place where you go in there and post for job listings, or whatever. And it's still, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it all the time. That's a place you need to go be. If you're trying to do business to business, that's where you need to be. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, it's the wild west right now because everybody's kind of jockeying for position there. So um, no, it's, it's very true. The, the LinkedIn space, I'd be interested in what, how you're seeing that otherwise, because it in, in LinkedIn, because it's, we've, we've been seeing good results on that for a while now, but it seems like just within the last six months has changed significantly. Yeah. We actually, we actually held an event where like a, a LinkedIn only event recently, we did a training when people flew out mm. from all across the U S at our offices and we did it like a day full, like immersive training on LinkedIn. And the the number one thing like I led with in that training was like, we view LinkedIn as a social media platform. Yeah. And that's, that's really only one part of it. It's really a marketing and sales platform with social media components. Yeah. Meaning like if I can shift my mentality from saying, okay, I'm just going to like post video or post content on LinkedIn, that's only a part of it. How can I create a pipeline? Or how can I really build an audience? Or how can I really use this to create relationships in a way that, frankly, you can't you can't anywhere else? Like, where else can you go and get like complete visibility into any business? Like, who works there? How long they work there? What they're interested in? All of that. It's it's just insane. So let me ask you the question: your your view on this? So LinkedIn is obviously you know a, a great platform to be able to connect business to business. How much are you valuing? that connection and, and kind of almost creating creating a connection there, but then being able to, I mean, because the other social platforms are not out of the picture, Facebook and Instagram, 
following into those into those markets as well, so that you're ha- kind of you're showing up everywhere, or are you just saying you really need to put all your eggs in one basket? So, are you asking is are you asking is LinkedIn more effective than the other platforms? Or are you saying how do I choose which one? I focus on. Yeah, I'm, I guess I guess that could be a two part question. How do you choose which one you're going to go with? And then two, do it? Are you do you think that LinkedIn can be a just a straightforward, more effective um, platform than you know? Don't don't even put any of your resources in Facebook or or an Instagram type platform. Yeah, I, I think making like really wide, overarching statements on like, oh, Facebook is dead or something like that. Oh, yeah. Like. Yeah. It, it's irresponsible. Like I love when people are like, "Oh, my audience is on Facebook." I'm like, "Are you on Facebook?" And they're like, "Oh exactly. yeah." Like, well, your audience is not on Facebook. Um, <clears throat> the challenge is that Facebook is making it more difficult for businesses to really survive because they're trying to keep they're trying to keep their user base. They're having to do some corrective measures. Mm-hmm. They probably won't say that, but we all can see it. Yep. I would say, like, for us specifically, like for Venvio, LinkedIn is like our number one place because we play in B two B. It's the number one place for B two B content. It's a great tool for us. That doesn't mean that YouTube or Instagram or Facebook aren't smart for us to play in or even for our clients, but it really comes down to where is your audience consuming information that you're producing? Like, Mm -hmm. where are they spending time and how can you play a role? So for example, like uh, some of our clients there, well, a lot of our clients are manufacturers Mm -hmm. of products that are sold at Lowe's or Home Depot or, you know, manufacturing products. So a lot of them, are on Facebook because that's how people find out about their businesses. Sure. So we've got it. We encourage a lot of our clients, like don't give up on Facebook, even if your reach isn't what it was three years ago, find new ways to create community on Facebook because that's where your audience is spending time. Just because you don't see the numbers doesn't mean that it's not valuable. Very interesting. Find ways to create community there because that's where people Mm -hmm. there, there's maybe their screen time is a far superior screen time in a face in, in the Facebook uh, platform, but maybe they're more intentional about business to business relationships on a, a platform like LinkedIn. It's, I think that's a good way of saying it. Like Facebook is, is trying to become a place of community. Mm-hmm. That's what they're really trying to do. Yeah. But what that requires you to go is go, well, how can I create community? What was working five years ago was just posting content and that organic reach was just through the roof. Yeah. What's working today is like community. Mm-hmm. Meaning like if I focus on Let's say, uh, let's say I'm, I'm, I have a business that focuses on, uh, if I'm a manufacturer, I sell roofing materials, for example. I keep using that as an example. And I sell roofing products. Why don't I have a group that's focused on helping roofing contractors and roofing business owners be more successful at their job? Create community for them there because that's where they're already spending time. That, I, that's, that's gold. Like, so... Okay, I'm just trying to, I'm processing all this. I'm, th- I'm thinking through this and processing it. Facebook is now strategically advertising on television for community, community groups. Yep. That's I, where they want to be. I think that's a genius move because what you just said is as a business, if you proposition yourself, not just as a Facebook business page, but creating a, maybe, you know, not necessarily sponsoring, but creating a group initiative for your it's the that pain point that your customers are having and figuring out ways to give that resource there uh is a constant connection point that's that's that is a very uh very valuable um piece of advice there's this there's this manufacturer i know out of australia his name is phil scardino and he manufactures a building product 
that he then produces a ton of content, podcasts, videos, et cetera, about how contractors can be more effective in their businesses. So he's not necessarily just talking about his product. He'll talk about his product, but he's just trying to help people. And what he's found is that he can now, he doesn't, not only does he have more customers, but people are literally paying him to teach them how to use his product because he's creating community in these different platforms to help contractors be more successful. He's literally the conduit for community and for collaboration. And so it becomes the, he's become like the de facto person in the space to go to. And so people, not only do they trust him, but more, but they want to work with him because they're seen as somebody that's, that's valuable and that's smart in the space. I, I'm, I'm telling you that that information, if, if anybody's listening or watching to this and they just capture that component, what you just said from a business development standpoint, I think that is a massive golden nugget that somebody could take away and run with. If, if you can get creative in that mindset, that is genius because you're going to have people that are not necessarily going to follow your business page because they don't want to get, they don't want you to be constantly marketing to them, but you have developed a platform of something that's valuable, a value add to their business or, or to their personal life, whatever, you know, whatever type of business that you're in. And now you're just creating a constant flow of value. That's, that is, that's awesome. All right. Uh, I do want to be mindful of your time uh, today because I know our time is coming to a close, but this has been very, very informative. Uh, and, and I don't know exactly how to, to, uh, to kind of bring it to a close from a standpoint of maybe a piece of advice, something that you would say, hey, if, if, some, if a business is out there and they're saying, hey, I'm, really, I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this, uh, what is an easy first step? What is something that, uh, that they can think, start thinking in terms of, hey, this is something I need to position my business in or position my mindset in? Uh, as I'm as I'm starting to try to change that conversation uh, to be more available, more value add to my consumer, I think the most simple thing you can do is just go talk to a few of your customers. Go talk to some ideal customers and say, "Hey, talk to me. Be really frank with me. I mean, go outside of your actual business environment. Get out of your office. Grab a cup of coffee or a drink with them. Tell me what was good. Tell me what was bad. Yeah. Tell me what you would would have done." Have you seen anything else out there like that? Gotcha. You know, and if you can, if you can do that, which is, it feels like a very simple no brainer idea, but it's, that's the kind of stuff where you get those aha moments. You know, like I, I look at like all of the disruptors out there that are happening. Like if you think about, have you, ever, have you looked at Carvana, for example? Yes. Isn't that, I mean, like that came out and we're like, of course, of, of course, like I'm sure that came out because somebody was really frustrated. Yeah. If you can listen to the frustrations and really, create an environment where people feel comfortable to do that, it's going to open up opportunities for you to have your own aha moments that are going to improve your business and help you stay competitive, right? Yep. So understand your ideal customer. And then once you understand that, go talk to a couple of them and say, hey, what are some reasons why we're obnoxious to deal with or people like us are and find, start finding ways to, to work towards that? Yeah. It's, and the other thing too is that that requires vulnerability. It requires you hearing the, the tough things about your business that you don't want to hear. Sure. And I always say that like growth and comfort can't coexist. Yeah. So I'm, if I'm the more, un, the more comfortable I am in uncomfortable situations, the more successful I'm going to be. There you go. 
valuable, valuable information, valuable advice. All right, uh, just real quick, if uh, you, you mentioned this uh, very subtly earlier, but you do have a podcast, um, which congratulations, by the way, you have one of the best remote audio uh, ads that we've had, had as, a, as a remote guest. But um, you're, you have a podcast. Uh, tell us quickly about that and where people can find it. Yeah, you can just go to Google. Yeah, so you search for <clears throat> Smarter Building Materials Marketing. You also hit me up on LinkedIn. That's just Zach Williams. Um, my email is Zach at Venvio.com or you can check us out at Venvio.com as well. All right. Well, great. And Zach, thank you very much for your time um, and for all of your advice. I think it's been very beneficial for anybody that's listening or watching to this at any at any level of business. Uh, the, those are some components there that can really start making you think uh, and, and really start to think creatively about how you can communicate with your customers or to your customers. So um, I, I really much appreciate that. And a, a huge shout out to Daniel Gills for the the recommendation. It was very nice to meet you. Yeah, thank you so much. And I give you a shout out as well. I think what you're doing is awesome. Well, we appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks to Zach Williams for his time today. I really appreciate the information. A lot of valuable uh, thought-provoking information today on ways to communicate with your customer better. So very much appreciate that. If this is your first time watching or listening to the podcast, we've got a ton of these available for you with similar information, just like that, all about business ideas, practices, and strategies, ways that you can develop and build your business or your team, uh, and all kinds of concepts about leadership and how to lead better. It's all available. You can check it out at lockdoc.net slash podcast. You can subscribe there on whatever platform you like to listen to your podcast on. And of course, you can see this in video on YouTube and Facebook. Just search Lockdoc Security. It's all available for you. And it's all on our website at lockdoc.net slash podcast. Look forward to seeing you next time here on the Coffee Break Podcast. To learn more about the topics discussed today and to connect with us online to hear all of the episodes available, visit lockdoc.net slash podcast. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. The Coffee Break Podcast is brought to you by LockDoc Security. We'd love to connect with you online on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Just search L-O-C-D-O-C-I-N-C. 